This is an AMI podcast. Ty, come on, we gotta get going. My name is Lisa Young, and I am Ty's mom. Can I come in? The thing you need to know about Ty in the morning is that he will get up depending on what he's doing that day. So if he has acting to do or any job, he will be up and getting ready. If he has school, he will not get up. Still waiting. You ready? Ty, get up. Hello. Ty generally has a very busy week. He always gets things done, but his time management needs a little bit of work. <laughs> I'm coming down now. Okay, perfect. Thanks. Very classic teenager. Yeah. <laughs> What's the name of this thing? Breaking character. Take four. My name's Dan Berger, or Bachelard Berger, if you want to be French about it. I am a stand-up comedian, a storyteller, and a uh, traveler. Kensington Market is my favorite spot in Toronto because it reminds me of when, years ago when I was backpacking. I like it because every time I come here, it's different. You can hear every voice from every place. You can smell every smell, good or bad. If I ever feel kind of homesick for the road, I come and sit down, hang out, and I just kind of listen. Since I lost my vision, coming here, I get a totally different experience with the interactions that I get with people. I get maybe undeserved respect for the fact that I've got this cane because people see the international symbol of that guy's blind. And I think that there's a lot of empathy they see somebody who's dealt with something, you know. Hey there. Oh, hi. Um, sorry, my, my vision sucks and I'm looking for some stuff. Can no you problem. help me out there? I've got a list on my phone here. Um, I need some cinnamon, uh, just one of those small packages. Um, ground coriander. Going into a lot of shops is kind of bittersweet for me because before I lost my vision, I loved just being able to browse and rummage through things and grab something off the shelf and find it myself. Okay, that's, that's, that is for today. I, that's all today, yeah. No, I appreciate the help because if, if, I, if I was looking here. for it myself, I would be here all day. I don't mind asking other people for help, but that's been something I've had to learn over 10 years of experience now. It took a long time to, to get there, but you learn to adapt and overcome, I guess. I'm Rachel and I'm a model, musician and activist. I push for disability visibility in multiple avenues in the entertainment industry because of the points of access and the privileges that I have. You know how Rihanna like is a mogul? She has her fashion brand, her makeup brand, she does movies, she does music, she does it all. I want to have that impact in terms of disability visibility. I record almost all of my music in the basement of my family home. My dad wanted to build a room for this piano because my mom made us take piano lessons when we were kids. This has been here since 99, so it's not really in tune. This is a guitar that my dad thinks I stole from him. And he didn't play it for like five years and then I decided to start playing it. But like, wouldn't you take that? Basically, I just spend my days working on music right here. The computer, on Zoom, talking to people, using this small MIDI controller and producing everything on my own at this point.
but with the help of people far away. My number one collaborator, James, artist name is La Flamme, has been the person I work with the most. Just this week, I sent him MP3s of the demos that I've been working on, as well as some of the project files, so he can get an idea of where I want these songs to go. We're gonna have a session over a video call to kind of rough out some ideas, and so I'm really excited to hear what he thinks. Okay, let's like run through it a little bit. Okay. Cool. One, two. I couldn't see it with my own two eyes. Bypassing those, I was chasing the highs. I wrote this song called Sick and Tired because it felt like it was a repetitive cycle where like no matter who I met, how I met them, there would be like a secret girlfriend, someone who they're engaged to. It sucks falling in love with somebody to find out that they are in love and committed to somebody else. And that the somebody else always seems to be able-bodied doesn't feel very great. I'll never be good enough for you. I'll never be the one you choose. My mind is on fire. I'm so sick and tired of lovers like you. I have such a hard time playing my songs in front of people that I am close with or that I know because sometimes they're about things that I haven't talked about and I don't want to talk about and I'm always afraid that people that know me and love me will look at me and be like, you went through that? Why didn't you tell me? And it's like, I don't, I'm not even telling you now. <laughs> the thing that like I didn't know should happen that you like brought to my attention is Letting the sort of like frustration of it come out. Like, I'm so sick and tired, I'm so sick and tired, I'm so sick and tired. Exactly. That was such a great idea. That's how you would deal with it in your mind in real life. Like you would get to a tipping point where you're like angry at it. And then what comes after it is like the calm after the storm. You're like, it's more of a, like an acceptance. When I first started writing music, I just wanted to not be afraid. And now I want to be the first person really pushing disability visibility in music as a solo artist. It took me seeing other people on stage with disabilities to feel like I could do it. And I want to be a part of that. I love I'm starting uh, brunch, I guess. I love cooking for Michelle, my partner. She's an adventurous eater, which is good because I'm an adventurous cook. You okay with frittata? Yeah. I've got some bacon in the fridge, some nice asparagus, and some new spices that I got in Kensington. So I'm going to slap it all together and see what happens. This used to be an office, but we converted it to a pantry. Got uh, all my oils and vinegars, my spices are all alphabetized, and it works so much better for me because it's accessible. A lot of why I'm obsessed with the organization of the pantry stems from my mom, really, because she's totally blind and has been since before I was born. Oh, shit. It's gonna be spicy. I'm pretty sure I exist to be an accessibility tool. There was the her dog guide, her cane, and me. Just behind you. It's like you hear the knife. <laughs> I know, I just want you, pop. Yeah. Do you want lunch or do you want pop? Pop. Oh. Yeah, all right. I love cooking for other people, but I don't love cooking with other people around because it's dangerous for me and them. That's something that, again, I learned from my mom. If you're 
running around and there's a totally blind woman walking through the kitchen with a pan of frying bacon. You're gonna get it down the back of your neck and that's not where you want hot oil and bacon. So I, I prefer when other people just stay off to the other side. There we go. Yeah, it's a frittata. Just... You're a frittata. <laughs> Cooking is something to share. That's something that is huge in our family. It yeah. connects people. My mom taught me how to cook and my dad taught me how to enjoy it, if that makes any sense. I can't believe we're actually all three of us cooking at the same time. I think this is the first time we've done this. I live at home with my mom, my dad, and my sister Taylor, and then we have two dogs. Uh, I'm almost done here. Taylor, are you almost done with the sauce? We're I'm... all very different, I think. Um, so sometimes we have our conflicts, but at the end of the day, we're all there to support each other. When we were first told that Ty was going to use a wheelchair, I didn't know what that was going to mean for us. We had no idea what to expect. We had to learn as we went. When this house was built, the builder worked with us to make it accessible. There's a few things that, you know, in hindsight, we should have done better, but we didn't know. When you're making modifications for a five-year-old, you're not really thinking about the kitchen. You're thinking of, you know, the bathrooms and the bedrooms. Okay, give it a try. Tell me how we did. Yeah, let's go. Thank you. Bye, bestie. <laughs> you're lucky your sister likes to cook. Ty's next milestone will be moving away to college or university. So I think for the most part, he's going to be very independent in terms of living on his own. <laughs> what would you like to learn how to cook? Because you only have one more year and you're going to be going off to university. You're going to have to cook for yourself. You can grate cheese. What else can you do? Um, Supervise? Uber Eats. I think Ty is a typical teenager in every way, including not cleaning up and having difficulty completing chores. But he will do them. We just have to, you know, keep on him a little bit. I think the most accessible thing I need is a sous chef. <laughs> nice. When I come home, I don't necessarily revert to my teenage self, but it is kind of nice to just come in and holler at your mom. Oh, hey, buddy. Hello. Hi, Daniel. Hi. 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 Oh, I've been waiting for you. Yeah? My name is Beverly Berra-Berger. I am the mom of Daniel Berra-Berger. We have a very unusual relationship because I've never actually seen Daniel, but that doesn't mean I don't know who he is. I need to eat oh, and... Uh, okay, well, we'll get you something in oh, the kitchen and we'll make that happen, but I'm glad yeah. you're here. My mom makes a solid sandwich. I'll give her that. There's the best sandwich in the world right there. And then there's the sandwich your mom made for you. All right, Daniel, do you yep. need anything else? No, I'm good. I'm going to go to the to Dad's office and do this. I'm doing a comedy show today. It lined up with when I would be visiting my mom. So I've just come home. Hey, Ma, give me a sandwich. I got to go do some comedy now. Break a leg. Oh, yeah, thank you, because I need to be more disabled. <laughs> I'm going to set up my gear in my dad's old office. Doing comedy in there is kind of cathartic for me because of how much my dad made me laugh and how much I know he respected comedians. It just seems like the right place. Hey, you guys ready to start the show? I haven't done comedy in over a year because everything is online now and it's so frustrating not being able to get the live 
reaction and response, the call and answer from the audience, and I need that. Please welcome your next performer, Dan Baraburger, everyone. Woo! Hello. Please welcome your next performer, Dan Baraburger, everyone. Woo! Hello. My name's Dan. I'm, uh, I am blind. Um, I'm anxious about doing another show because I am very rusty with it. I have a set that I've kind of curated live in person, so I don't know really how well that's going to translate to an online thing. Going to weddings, nobody likes it anyway. I mean, I, I say this as a divorced person, so yeah, oh, divorced guy doesn't like weddings. But, um, you know, you go to a wedding and there's there's always a buffet and, you know, for sighted people, it's no problem, right? But for, for me, I've got to get my plate and then I've got my cane in one hand, the plate in the other, and then I'm trying to like load food onto the plate. It's some, some kind of vaudeville act where I'm like dancing with the cane, trying to da 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 and I will go back to my table pretending that, yes, this is what I want. I wanted this bun and just pile of uh, salad without any dressing and this, yes, I will eat the decorative swan. Yeah, and this is why I don't get asked to, to many weddings, because Dan ruins the buffet. My comedy leans more to the, I don't want to say depressing either, because it's not. I never want to tell a joke where I come out as the hero, because I'm not. I am going to take my leave of you, but uh, I heard this show's out of Scotland, so I got myself a little whiskey, so Slanjavar, and there you go. Mm. Hey, Mom? Yes, I'm out here in the sunroom. How'd it go? I think it went well. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I'm happy that you did it here, you came home, you could have been anywhere doing this. It's the only and, quiet place I have right now. <laughs> that doesn't matter. You could have found somewhere. Yeah. And um, your dad would be very pleased and proud. It, it was good, good doing it in his office, you know, like I could hear his kind of running commentary. I don't know, I always think about that. Like, I know you've been to my shows when Yes. We could do them, and he never never got a chance to, but he, no. he knew, and I appreciated that he introduced me to people as, oh, yeah, this is my son, the comedian. My dad's a hard person to describe. For the majority of my lifetime, he was a gun wrangler on, on film sets. There are a lot of actors today who would credit him for teaching them how to properly handle a weapon, how to safely handle a weapon. I know he respected artists, actors, comedians, because he was an artist. It's an artistic career, really, and it's, it's trickled down from what he did. Well, between you it, and him, I just have a lot of material to work with. Yeah. I don't think he will ever come to terms with the fact that his dad is really gone. But I don't think he wants to either. We didn't have a funeral for him when he passed. Uh, he wouldn't have wanted one. Didn't like parties. To me, talking about him right now is a portion of his his funeral. Because it's we're, we're talking about him. We get to remember him. I know your dad would feel, yeah, he would, he would poke fun at you, but it would be good, good-hearted fun. Yeah. It's hard 
I guess because you want to bounce things off someone who was always there. And it sucks that I can't. I yell you. Yeah, you too. You be good boy. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. My mom was a model in the 80s and used to wear combat boots and listen to the Sex Pistols. She used to be very, very, very cool. And now she's a little bit Nora Jones wine mom, but ultimately she's super funny. While cleaning out the top shelf in my closet, you found your modeling portfolio too, right? Yes. Okay, like we have to go through this because the last time you maybe showed me any of this stuff, I was probably a kid and I didn't know how hard oh. modeling was. Rachel and I are really close. For a number of years, she's lived away, but we've always talked on the phone. You know, it wasn't a week that didn't go by that we weren't telling each other about our lives. This one, boss. Yes, love it. Power suit, that 80s down. energy. I know, it's like it's so a different good. size, double, but I would wear it now. Double-breasted suit. And you look threatening. You look like sure. you're gonna fire me. <laughs> yeah. Wow, not so 80s of a hair. Yeah. A little bit more tamed, smiling. This is 80s, backlit, big hair. Very, very dark makeup. This is an aggressively 80s photograph. <laughs> when Rachel decided to get into modeling, she went into it for different reasons, but I think she had the right head on her shoulders based on understanding my experience. You always wanted me to model. Yes. But it started to mean something to me when there was just like people putting on disability like it was a costume or a, a accessory. Well, and just in, back in the 80s when, like, through modeling, a person could um, share their brand, that's what you're doing now. You're saying this advocacy around disability visibility, I'm doing it through modeling, but I'm telling my story of what it is. And people don't think that modeling is, like, real work or anything, like, because, like, probably misogyny, but is my runway walk better than yours, or...? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I was I, pretty darn good you then. Did the, you did the arms out and the twirls and like all that good stuff that I don't do, but I like still wish that you were able to see me in a fashion show, not like live stream to the internet, but in person. One day. One day. I always say a runway walk is like walking to pick up a burrito, but also listening to your favorite song at the same time. <laughs> When I first did Toronto Fashion Week, I kind of felt like I wasn't supposed to be there and my agents had a really hard time sort of breaking me into the industry. It was an uphill battle. But I met Haley Elsazer and she wanted to do something special with me and just communicate that someone's disability doesn't impact their ability to do their job great. In fashion shows, the opening and closing position are kind of like the big deal. So when Haley asked me to close her show, it felt amazing to be doing such an honor position for her collection. On my t-shirt, there was the future is accessible embroidered on my shoulder. And I felt kind of invincible in that moment. People were seeing me as a good model for the first time. In the next season, I got to walk for three designers. Every time I pass through the curtain and step on the runway, I feel so grateful to be contributing a little bit to disability visibility. It feels like an actual revolution is happening.
I wanted to come back to Toronto to do more fashion stuff. I felt like I was just finally starting to be seen as good at what I do. I didn't want everything that I just started building before COVID to like end there. I want to decide what's next for me. I want to decide when something's done for me. I want to decide if I'm changing anything. I feel like everything I've been working for in fashion and music is like starting to happen. I might as well try this now because I can. Hi there, it's Lisa Young calling Ty's mom. I'm just calling to follow up on some pay that's still owed to Ty. I think my parents would describe me as someone who is very driven to do things, but not the most organized. I would say that my mom is my manager. I'm not officially Ty's manager in any way, but I do help him out a lot with some of his aspirations and his goals. Hello, this is Lisa. As I step back more, because Ty's getting older, I really want to see him be able to manage the administration of kind of acting and performing. And there's a lot, and that's what I'm doing for him now. I do feel a lot of pressure to, you know, succeed and, and do things when, to be honest, I don't know what I want to do. I definitely think he has it in him. He's independent, but I just hope that he can manage that and not be overwhelmed with how much work it is. Featuring Dan Becha Berger, Caden Lawrence, Catherine Joel McKinnon, Rachel Romu, Alexa Vassos, Ty Young, Executive Producers, Karen Hansen, Ian Thompson, Series Producer, Michelle Azdorelli, Directors, Ryan Marley, Ian Thompson, Megan McAteer, Chris Ann Hessing, Sophia Lane, Series Editor, Margaret McDougall, Composer, Walker Grimshaw, Post Sound Mixer, Taylor Brocklesby, Dialogue Editor, Christy McIntyre, produced in association with Accessible Media. Integrated Described Video Consultants, Simone Cupid and M. Williams. Production and Development Executive, Andrew Morris. To find out more, including a full list of credits, check out breakingcharacter.tv. Produced in association with AMI.